Hey everybody, this is JJ French, the guitar player, founder, Twisted Sister, and the author of the what I think is the best business book ever written, called Twisted Business, out now on Amazon. Anyway, you are listening to the Dave and Steve Show. Previously on the Dave and Steve Show. But you think about the level of drunk people that have been in that hot tub and the amount of bodily fluids that have been released from every single hole imaginable into that hot tub, no way on God's green earth would I ever get in a party hot tub in Nashville, Tennessee. And I, the whole way there, I practiced singing Twisted Sister. And then when Dave got there, I'm like, hey, I can sing Twisted Sister really good. And Dave's like, all right, let's hear it. And then I didn't. I didn't sing Twisted Sister very good. Kids typically like potty train a little faster when they are uncomfortable. <laughs> sitting in their own urine i do like saunas but the thing is like i don't like steam rooms because steam rooms have like a lot of naked european men yeah yeah just and that's that's just awkward i used to be really like very pro hot tub but if you get in the wrong hot tub you get out with a rash that's going to need a cream from a doctor and so i was like whoa i definitely was just talking out my butt on this one Show number 78 of the Dave and Steve Show. I am Dave, sitting right alongside me, a mere 27 miles away is Steve. Good evening, Dave. Good evening, Tracy. And from parts unknown, the lovely and buxom Tracy. I remember 1978 on the uh, subject of uh, episode 78. I got the chicken box. The chicken box? <laughs> yeah, the chicken box. Is that is that it's, the extra crispy or or, or the original no, no. recipe? No, we couldn't afford a bucket of chicken. I got to get the chicken, box. the chicken box. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> couldn't afford the chicken bucket, so he got the chicken box. <laughs> how how many chickens were in that bu- bu- box? I don't know. Sure. It was the Carter administration, so it was uh, definitely let me index that for inflation. Anyway, happy to show, show seventy eight of the Dave and Steve show. Uh, so I we are as we record this, it is the fifteenth of the month, the fifteenth of October. That means that I am officially halfway through sober October. Wow! And so far, so good. Now, if you asked me, and I hadn't looked at a calendar recently. I would probably have guessed I was on day number 862 of Sober October because it feels like life has come to a screeching halt when I can't drink away my my pain every night. Right. But I'm coping. I am coping. And, and one of the ways I'm coping, and before anybody jumps to conclusions, this is not a sponsor by any stretch of the imagination, but one of the ways that I am coping, and it's the dumbest thing, I have this stuff. I'm holding it up for the camera so Tracy and, and Steve can see it. Oh. But this is something called oh. liquid death. Okay. It is it is literally it's almost space ballian. It's almost Mel Brooksian in that just like his air in a can. This is literally just water in a can. I mean it's it's spring water, mountain water in a can. And the only reason it's helping is one, it's a cold can. It looks like a, a tall boy, like a tall like Bud Light or Coors Light. Right. But on top of that, this is what helps the most. It has the noise of opening an alcoholic beverage, but okay, inside, so it's, 
there's some psychosomatic um, uh, uh, pieces to this that that you you get a little you get a little tingle That's in the right. back of your brainstem when when it opens because uh, interesting yeah but, I and and I, I and I go I back and forth a little bit because I'm not sure I'm not I listen it's not healthy that I need that noise to help me cope with the fact that I can't have any booze right now. I'm not think sure it, that's the way it, this way. Think of it as you're untraining your brain. Right. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> to, to, uh, appreciate water. Yeah. yeah and so. the, uh, Peloton of the, uh, of, uh, of, uh, I don't know. It's not any, any of yeah. those things. Have but, you sat uh, on that can yet? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like when you're on a normal bicycle, this is uh, you on the, uh, on the trainer. Yeah, exactly. Well, and the problem is I, I quit on the Peloton. I gave up on the Peloton. I'm right. not giving up on Sober October, though. I'm going to make it through this thing. But mark my word, November 1st is a Monday. We record typically on a Thursday. I'm going to be drunk that whole week. So oh, just wow. just be ready. That's all I'm saying. That's cool, though. Is, is be ready to go. But no, I mean, honestly, like it is... It's exactly what you would expect. And again, this goes back to, I, I like to level set for everybody who's listening because this wasn't Dave like down on Skid Row sucking on a box or a bottle of hooch. I almost said a box of hooch. That would be kind of weird, but well, the chicken box. box chicken. <laughs> yeah, chicken box. we're back to the chicken box. box. Which I, yeah. this, 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 isn't, this isn't Davy J down on, on Skid Row drinking Mad Dog 2020 every night to try and get a little bit of a buzz. We were we were drinking in moderation anyway. It was on weekends if we did, and and not every weekend. But the fact of the matter is, I just wanted to try and go a full month, and it rhymes as we've talked before. Sober in October, and that's fun. That's always fun. You always want to either quit drugs, alcohol, anything illicit, if you can find a way to work a rhyme into it. Yeah, yeah, I'm, that, I'm that's that's very that true. Dave, could you do me a favor and play the intro music for me one more time? No, I can't do that. I don't have it queued up. Why would you ask me something like that? Because I, I, I want I want to show you what you're going to sound like on show number <laughs> oh, 80. Oh, I got you. Okay. Well, give, 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 <laughs> that's this is great. Give me just a second. I can definitely do this. Hang on one okay. second, and I will. I'm pulling this up now. I've never, I think on like a big radio show or something like that, I think this is something that would happen often, and, and you'd have to be prepared for this if you were the, the producer. I'm, I'm not that person, so I didn't know. But I think I have it here. Let's find out. Uh, give it just a second. Cue up. Here we are. Show number 80 of the Dave and Steve show. I am Steve sitting right alongside me. And there are 47 miles is Tracy and Parson known and my good friend Dave. Dave, what what did you what did you do last week, Dave? This Dave? is this has all gotten very confusing because you said I'm going to let everybody know what it's going to sound like when you're drunk doing the show, and then you immediately became drunk, Steve, asking Dave. So I, I got know, really confused. I know it sounds like that, but I'm thinking drunk Dave would mix up our names. Oh right. Oh, yeah. So that's wow. not really that's that that actually you explained why that joke really sucks. <laughs> That well, joke does said, not work. You that said way. what'd you do last week, Dave, and I thought I was supposed to answer. And okay, so, cue it up again. Okay, we're gonna start. <laughs> we're gonna start this over. Hang on. No, I'm uh, just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> 
So I did, I will say this as well, and then we're going to move off of me and what I did last week, because all I did last week was not drink, and that's not very fun. But what I will say is, before we actually even started the show, I said, let's get a little weird tonight. I feel mm-hmm. like we've hit that bar. Let's go ahead and back it off a little bit, both of you. Just All right. dial it back yeah, a yeah, little I need bit. You to, now, now we're a little too weird. We started you with the chicken box and it went the, down. The, the weird uh, brat. And right. there we right. did it. I do like brats. Hey, Tracy, what'd yeah. you do last week? Uh, well, um, besides, uh, I uh, trained yeah. at a uh, virtual conference, business conference, because... Uh, well, we're still doing. Oh my God! Things. Please tell me it was insurance. Oh, I wish it was insurance. I was, uh, gosh, it was, uh, it was, and it was the worst experience I've had in a long time because it, the, uh, the engagement, it, the novelty of doing things virtually, like, oh look, we're in our own home and we're doing a conference that you, that had worn off, and everybody's like, all right, fine, <laughs> I, I'm yeah, in my pajamas. Yeah. Everybody yeah. else is. Let's yeah. get this over with. So you could tell that the overall patience was over with. And so while I enjoyed the conference and I enjoy conferences because I enjoy, as you know, Dave and Steve engaging with people yeah, um, on a very uh, intimate level, um, the uh, that uh, didn't seem to really happen this year. And I could see some of the wear and tear of some of the age that we live in occurring. So that happened. And I sat in my closet where my guitars are and I learned Leonard Skinnerd songs. Yeah. There you uh, go. Which uh, is, I've sat there and just played, uh, and I've been a moderate Skinnerd fan. Like when they show up on uh, our local classic rock station, if that I never turn it off because they're always enjoyable. If there's a c- cover band that's doing them well, then I will enjoy that well. As, but but I I've never been. I don't own any albums. I don't have any favorite songs. But uh, I I do kind of like Southern rock, and so it's it's kind of been off my menu of guitar. Yeah, but I yeah. I have my uh, I've had my airline town and country out, uh, which is a guitar that I got. Um, oh, I thought it, prior I thought that pandemic. was a camper van. Okay. Oh, it, it actually is to that too. But don't it would got it got its name from the uh, the airline town and country. So that's an, un, an unusual guitar that I got before the uh, the, the these times. And uh, it hasn't been played that much. So I've been playing it and uh, seems to suit this kind of music well. And uh, I've enjoyed sitting around very lonely playing uh, Skinner songs uh, on the <laughs> based on the tales of the recommendation. Uh, I'm not kidding you, Tracy. You're making it really difficult not to drink right now. I feel so bad yeah. for you. I want to I go have some alcohol. <laughs> yeah, but uh, no, it's been fun. It's been uh, I've never played cover songs that much. That's not really been a thing that I've enjoyed in my life. But uh uh, been playing Skinner this week, and I don't know why I love it so much, but I do. So there, there you go. There is this. Uh, so there's a documentary right now on Netflix. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a lot of, you know, just like anything else, there's a lot of um, because Skinner is associated and has been for a long time with the Confederate flag. There has been a lot of, of blowback on Skinner, depending on where you're at in the country. Some embrace it, some some not so much. But if you actually watch that documentary and you see like they have a drummer who is a vegetarian he's mm. described as a vegetarian leftist liberal drummer and that's his description that he gives yeah uh, he is a dyed in the wool liberal hippie and he says you know this is it's that's not that's not what it's about i don't agree with it but so you can tell yeah. my point is you can tell there's even some internal strife within the band and some struggles around do we keep this thing that has come to symbolize 
are banned and that we've I, I don't know that it's that much of a struggle really because they talked about its origin story about them going to Europe and being seen as a Yankee band uh, because Yankee is a universal term used for American overseas and they don't see themselves Yankee because colloquial that that doesn't mean from the south and so there's a certain culture there and the record company's idea was to emphasize their southern culture universally using that symbol right. which is known for that and so there was the, the everybody seemed fine with it and the record company was behind it in in typical fashion everyone's behind it until you're not well yeah. so right and yeah. it's because it means something until it doesn't or doesn't until it does and then uh, so it was and the drummer said he never felt uncomfortable playing in front of it. Right. So, so flag aside, cause I don't want to, I mean, we shouldn't go too far into that cause that's not what this show is. And I'm not saying you right. were Tracy, I'm just saying right. the, the one thing that I will say is to go back to something you referenced where, when they went over the UK, they were, they were dubbed as this, this is what the Americans are. Hey, look, it's the dumb redneck band from America doing redneck music. And, and they became a novelty there, but it, they also proved that they could play these instruments they weren't that far removed from that stigma in the States as well. They were seen as this deep South stupid band of, of rednecks. And then you watch that documentary and you hear them talk about the fact that they would start practice at 8 a.m. in the morning and they would practice until midnight or even later. And they were so diligent about it that they would actually do it in shifts. If a guy's fingers got yeah. tired on the guitar he would go take a break and someone else would step in so that they could keep practicing so that they could literally practice 10 to 16 hours a day. And they did this every day in the hundred degree weather of the Florida swamps. Like it's, it is one of those things where, cause I did the same thing. You look at these bands, like pick your band, even pick a, let's, let's pick like a, an eighties band. Like let's go with like a rat or somebody like that. Somebody where they're, you look at them and you're like, oh, come on. It's, this is rat. They're like a throwaway joke band. They could play their instruments. They practiced right. for hours on end and they starved to death because they didn't have jobs. So they just, all they did was play instruments and find ways to get a little scrap of food so that they could get up the next day and play instruments again. There is something about these bands that when they make it and they make it at that level of a, of a Skinner, that's not, Typically, I mean, there's, of course, there's exceptions to every rule, but that's not an accident. Wasn't it remarkable when their producer of that in that said that they never had a band that played note for note, like every time. Right. And th that perfectly, he like that never is solos and everything. There was no improvisation. It was all these amazing, uh, th these amazing uh, phrases of music that we have come to know over the years that they had learned and perfected and uh, played note for note every time and in to a professional uh producer had never ever seen that before yeah so now go ahead steve i see you i was gonna i was gonna ask if that was like the muscle shoals uh yeah guys okay so yeah i love that um i i love that part where they all go and they record at the muscle shoals um uh guys uh, the, the the rhythm sections um uh studio but one of the things that happened there was uh, they were all on a break and gone. And one of the roadies sits down at the piano Yeah, and it turns out he's a freaking classical piano player. Yeah. And he, and yeah. he hammers out, he hammers out free bird 
on the piano. He's just, he, and he's just dicking around. He's not like, this is my time. Right. It wasn't, it was just like, I'm going to sit down. No, and he's like, knew. yeah, this is how I do it. I remember it was funny. The guitar player had said like, uh, yeah, you're doing all that extra stuff. No, just do dink, dink, dink. <laughs> Here. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, cause he was yeah. like gone a little too fancified yeah. for them, but uh, yeah, what a, what an amazing documentary. And I saw two thirds of it. it. It was, it was great. Now on a semi-related note, cause we were talking about rednecks Tracy, please, what is with the hat? Well, you said you wanted a, the uh, the weird brought, and right. since we have cameras on, uh, the, the, the weird ivoring is uh, is probably a hat. So, he's, he's wearing uh, what looks like a black Stetson cowboy hat, like the, yeah, the quintessential Stetson. Not nine years ago in uh, San Marcos, Texas, which is uh, beautifully situated. And Steve's Austin taking his shirt off. All right. San Antonio, yeah. So Steve is shirtless. Yeah. We all have our version of weird, and the cowboy hat is mine. And I'm uh, this. I I actually enjoy this hat. I remember coming home, flying home to Seattle in the Austin airport, and I thought I was wearing my hat because I didn't have room for it in the luggage, and uh, I was the only person wearing a cowboy hat in the Austin airport. <laughs> well, it's everyone's looking so. at me, going, "What the hell?" Is your you know deal? what? It it looks really good on you. I mean, I'm not a big I'm not a big cowboy hat guy. I, I, I feel like it's kind of a costume more than it's a, you know, yeah, yeah but I, re I, you look, you can wear a cowboy hat. I am well, not even kidding. I appreciate that. Hey, and, uh, and, and I need you to wear a shirt. So why don't we go ahead and strap that puppy back on again? <laughs> yeah. I, I had a gal there and, uh, at some, uh, Western store there who, uh, helped me, uh, uh, fit it. She, I credit her with, determining what my style was and apparently according to steve and her this is it i will say this because as you know tracy we've talked many times on the show steve and i come from a a small tiny working class blue collar town a lot of cowboy hats a lot of dusters a lot of ropers all that kind of stuff and steve for whatever reason early in life decided that he was going to buck the trends and and at the time Myself included, I think Steve probably got made fun of by a lot of people for, hey, why are you wearing those uh, Converse All-Stars? Why aren't you wearing a pair of cowboy boots like everybody else? But it's sort of like what I've said where there was a time when I really desperately wanted to grow a mullet so badly because all my friends had mullets. My buddy Toby had the most rocking mullet you've ever seen in your life. It was perfect. And I wanted a mullet and I couldn't grow one because every time it grew out more than an inch, it would start to curl and I'd get a weird little ducktail and I looked like an idiot. So I was so angry, but I couldn't grow one. Now I look back yeah, at all the pictures. You describe that now as the evil cooter. Right. And now I look back at all the pictures now. I, I'm the only one with a normal haircut. I'm the only one that's not embarrassed by my hair. And when you look at pictures of Steve, Steve is the only one who's not embarrassed by like I had a purple and pink paisley garth brooks shirt that my son saw and was literally like what were you thinking old man wearing that and i'm like i, I truly don't know because even even if you're a dyed in the wool cowboy you're also asking what the hell was i thinking with that shirt like this is not a this is not a, a negative reflection on cowboys or anything else like that this is a i made bad choices as a high school senior in my clothing and steve on the reverse side of it Pretty much wears what he wears now, like occasionally a collared shirt, most of the times a T-shirt, some type of pair of Converse All-Stars. So in all the pictures, Steve's dressed like a normal human surrounded by what looks like if 
if Garth Brooks could vomit people and just vomited five people to stand next to Steve. <laughs> I did. I did have a problem with buying teal t-shirts uh, once in a while I would buy. And I, you know, teal's one of those things that looks like a good idea in the store and is never a good idea out of the store. It's just whatever. It's, but uh, I, yeah. Outside I, of uh, yeah. sports uniforms, it doesn't really the, work. The two colors, just in case you're wondering at home are teal and salmon. Never. Uh, those are the two that never work out. See, like salmon, you think they salmon would. is the color that is always invoked when you say, I'm not wearing pink. And someone says, no, that's it's not salmon. pink. It's salmon. And if you have yeah. to say something's not pink, right. you'd only say that because it's pink. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. I have, had, I've had several salmon shirts and <sighs> I have, I've tried and it just doesn't work. I, it's no, pink. I, You've been it, lied to. If I'd be lucky enough to ride a horse, I would definitely wear cowboy boots because you need them for the stirrups. It's, it's, you yeah. know, a safety yeah. thing. If I'm going to be outside um, like that, I would wear a wide rimmed hat, uh, a cowboy hat just to keep the sun off. If I was going to be out, you know, doing stuff like that, but indoors weddings, that's a costume. That's yeah. not, that's okay. So fire firemen don't, Go home and then and then drive a nicer fire truck, like yeah, a right? Mini yeah, fire truck yeah. out someplace on a date, or wear um or wear a fireman's jacket and galoshes, but like a little more stylish and like a little a little less swoopy yeah. hat, you know. But let me how would let that me... go. Take it a fire truck on a date. <laughs> I bet it would be very exciting. Yeah, you want to want to ring the bell? Yeah, you want to <laughs> see my hose? Uh, so here's the thing is. I was so conflicted as a as a young man that basically I went to senior prom top half Steve Perry from Journey okay. bottom half Garth Brooks or pick your Clint Black whoever whichever country star was popular and Chris I say that because Steve Perry had there was a there was a um what was the Journey song with Randy Jackson in the video Steve um oh. Uh, Ray, is it from the Raised on Radio? It, album? it was definitely from Raised on Radio. Anyway, it was their it was their hit from that album. I forget what it was, but there was an MTV video at the time where Steve Perry's running around on stage and he's got a red, uh, effectively a tuxedo vest, but it's got long tails. So like a, one of the tux tuxes that has tails, but this is like red and and really cool looking for the time. Again, I should qualify for the eighties. It, it was right. cool at the time. So I love the idea of like a tux with tails like that. And so I didn't buy a red one or I didn't rent a red one, but I rented a black one that had tails. So that was the top half is I had this red cummerbund because I wanted to have the Steve Perry look. And then the bottom half was I didn't wear Wranglers. I was never a Wrangler guy. I don't know why, but I wore Levi's <laughs> jeans and black snakeskin cowboy boots. And that was the lower half. So I so was... What number of uh, of Levi's did you wear? Uh, probably five hundred ones because those were the those were the big hit in the eighties. That was and the one that everybody kind of wore. Boots though, those weren't the, boot cut. This this is what I mean. Like I was all over the road. I bought my jeans from watching uh, MTV commercial. I watched my or I bought my top from watching a Journey video. I watched. I bought the bottoms from watching a Garth Brooks video. Like I didn't know what I was doing. I had I had no clue, and my my pictures are proof of that. But yeah, all yeah. At least ahead. I didn't have a mullet. Oh, at least I, have that, I, didn't I have, have that mullet. prom picture. <laughs> right? yeah. I, I have that. I know where that prom picture is in my home. Yeah. So it's on the, on the mantle. Anyway. Hey, hey uh, Steve, what'd you get up to last week? 
you know, uh, it was my father's birthday. Um, so happy birthday, Ron. Happy birthday! Yeah. And uh, also, uh, I, I have to talk a little bit about yesterday. We were supposed to record the show yesterday. It was Thursday. Yep. But my son didn't have school today, Friday. So that meant that he wanted to, he was supposed to have his like big movie night that he does. He's doing it like once a month or something like that, which isn't that big of a deal. He's got fun friends. And yep. uh, so... So he's, fun friends you described as nerds earlier. Well, because he's like, if he went to a normal school, he'd have girlfriends. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think that's what he said, but that's they're, I, yeah, paraphrased. They're good kids. Um, and uh, they came over, but like that made me have to like completely like cancel the the show. He's like, yeah, I think I'm gonna have him over on Thursday. I'm like, you know, we like have jobs the next day, right? We have to get up and go to work. And, uh, and he, he's like, yeah, but I, th I still think I want to do it on Thursday. And <laughs> great. So, so I guess my question was this, uh, because you, you mentioned this and you said there was some drama with your son and, and et cetera. I guess my question is, were they planning to hang out in the, the podcast room where you normally do this? Like, what was the conflict or, or are you expected to be an, a partial entertainer, meaning, cooking for them and that kind of stuff yeah. and making sure yeah. things. So I need okay. to make sure like, you know, keeping the place cleaned up and, and uh, like I ran out and got propane for the heaters that are outside. And I went out and I got, um, I went and got pizza and stuff and I went and got other things that were necessary for the thing. Did and you juggle or anything for his party? They don't like that. They don't. Uh, they don't I, like I tried juggling? to juggle six times last night, five times last night. And they, they weren't watching. They, this they is the stuff that, with modern kids that I don't like. You try yeah, to juggle or you try to. No coin tricks. They didn't yeah. like. They didn't like any of that noise. I only know the hey, one. Look, the, it was the one behind the ear. ear. Yeah. yeah, but they didn't um, like that. Yeah, they, they weren't into it. So, um, and Wait, the other thing sorry, is, one it's second. outside and it's close to the podcast area, so it would have been loud. Noisy. Yeah. Let me ask yeah. you one question, and this is a question for both of you. Mm -hmm. Do you have your it's effectively essentially a bar trick that people would trot out in a bar. Mm -hmm. Do you have the dad equivalent of that, which is your go-to? I've got friends over to the house of my kids that have never been over before, and this is the thing I'm going to bring out to impress them and get on their good side, right? Do you guys have a go-to move of that sort? Tracy, you first. I, I have a couple. <laughs> <laughs> I have a couple, and and, and I will uh, I will just go ahead and choose it very carefully. There's a couple. It depends on the age. So because I I have kids in a wider range. If they're younger, I will. I have some sleight of hand. Um, I have some sleight yep. of hand stuff that uh, I will do. But uh, where the, the hell things, did that go? What? Yeah, it impressed Steve. I did it for the camera right yourself. here. Yes. And so, and there's a, there's another one I do, which is jumping toothpicks, which, uh, it's my favorite uh, trick because, uh, I pulled it on my current wife when we were dating earlier and it made her really mad because one of her, um, well, if you call this a weakness and I will call it a weakness because what the hell, she doesn't yep. listen to this. Stuff, yeah. but, uh, no. uh, she doesn't like feeling stupid. So I had this, uh, this deal where I could show her that this Mexican who, who jumping, does? Like, well, I am, no, <laughs> seriously, I understand from uh, books I've read. Gets, that gets me a little excited. Yeah. Gets me, so, I, I get a little Mexican jumping me. toothpicks. I showed her this trick that I do that uh, 
has the and she couldn't figure it out and she got really mad because in her mind she internalized it and thought i was making her feel stupid which i i to this day i don't have to admit that right. this isn't a sure. trial i don't have to admit that but i mean if if i was trying to make her feel stupid that was definitely the trick i would have chosen steve how about <laughs> you you've got to have you have to have well just like tracy had two i figure you have at least 30 that you can choose between uh, I think the one that annoys people the most, um, particularly like my family that when they're around, when somebody else comes to the place, um, and I'm, and I'm cutting stuff up with, you know, kitchen knives is I'm, I'm swinging the knives around in my hands and I'm, you know, and that, that, that always, as soon as I, I flip them both around and, and like it, usually people are like, well, first of all, super unsafe. <laughs> Second of all. Second of all, you don't really see somebody do that very often. And then I'll, I'll flip around every once in a while. It, that's a thing that I, that I do. If I, if I could get away with it, I'd throw one of those knives across the room and stick it in yeah. something, but yeah, there's nothing, there's nothing I can do that to. There's no, no, I, I, I need to have the cutting board like in under siege um, yeah. where, where he, where the, he, and he doesn't throw a kitchen knife. He has a gill hibbon throwing yeah, knife yeah. that he uses. Yeah. That's he's that's that's bullshit. But Steve, you're I feel like you're never going to dice up carrots with that yeah. shit. I feel like you could at least work out the thing where you hit the spatula with your hand and flip the piece of shrimp up to, onto your hat, and you catch it on the brim of your hat. I figure you could at least pull that off. I would love to be able to do that, but I I'm not I'm not practicing the Benihana stuff as much as I really. As much as I admire it, I've only been to one of those places yeah. a couple of times. Yeah, I've never been to any of them. I one of the questions I want to ask you though is: Did drumming and playing with your sticks <laughs> uh, did that uh, influence this at all? Um, the the spinning the knives around definitely, but the throwing the knives no, that's straight up Ron Dam right there. Yeah, <laughs> that's that is Ron Dam one hundred and one. Um, we we were out. Um, we were Straight out cutting... to the heart of a skunk. Oh my, no, I never saw him throw a knife into a skunk. I'm not saying he couldn't. I'm not saying he hasn't. Um, I'm saying that I haven't seen it. Um, dad and I were out cutting wood one day and I found this old knife in the, you know, just in the ground and I picked it up and I, I threw it at this old barn and it didn't stick. So I just turned around and walked to my dad turned his head he went over and he went over and he picked up the knife and he went back a few paces turned around and underhand threw that sucker right into the wall and it stuck like we were in an action movie and i was like that is the coolest thing yeah. i have ever seen yeah. you do show me how to do that so he's showing me how to throw overhand underhand pretty soon he's machining throwing knives at his job and bringing them home for me to use to practice. And I am ruining perfectly good pieces of plywood, literally throwing knives into these things so much that it's eating holes in this thing and passing (laughs) through the wood. Like I've, I've, and this is, it's, it's an absolutely useless trick, by the way, I I've thrown, uh, um, I drew up an outline of a body. Why I'm never throwing a knife at somebody. Right. Why, why do I need to know? But, it gives you different places to throw it at. And then, you know, I, I have this, I have this skill that I can, I can do, and I don't do it nearly often enough. So I have no idea how good I would be able to do it. Nearly point, often enough. No, I don't do it. I don't do it nearly as much as I'd like to, but, um, but, uh, 
uh, I took the skill when I went and worked at Safeway in the produce department and I had these little paring knives that I, I had because I'd have to go out and cut up the um, uh, cut up the fruit and put them out for samples and stuff uh, Then I'd come back and like one this one kid um, came back and gave me some shit about my last name because it just some people just can't get over it. And um, oh, it's damn. That's funny. <laughs> and I turned around and I took a paring knife out of my um, out of my apron and threw it across the room into a cantaloupe that was right next to him on this uh, on this tray. And he was like, oh, I'm going to call you dances with cantaloupe. <laughs> like, I don't know why, but I thought that was really funny. And then he's like, do that again. And I had like two or three others that were hanging up on the on the wall that I had just cleaned up, just threw them into the um, into the watermelon bin because it was a nice thick cardboard. And he was like, what? Who the hell are you? <laughs> it was really fun to do that, but I can't do that at home. Yeah, that's not uh, very practical for uh, nope. showing off in, in front of the kids. My Absolutely Mexican uh, jumping toothpicks is uh, way better. Yeah, the one that I trot out, and I learned this many, many, I mean, we're talking like 15 years ago, 20 years ago. I bought a Penn & Teller book, and the Penn & Teller book literally talks about magic tricks and how they work and how to do so and of course it doesn't reveal them all but it reveals enough of them and and one of the ones that it talked about was that like the name of the chapter was literally the trick that you're going to do for the rest of your life or something like that it was some and the subtext was the trick you will use to impress your friends from this day forth and it's literally one that i do where i have the kids basically pick uh draw a card from from the deck i shuffle it right in front of them i have them draw a card and I purposely get the card wrong. And I'm like, oh, shoot, I guess I didn't do the trick right. And then I always do the same thing because it's always, you know, it's a new audience. It's a fresh audience. You don't have to worry about them going like, wait a minute, I saw you do this with a book. I, I'm always like, wait a minute, can you do me a favor? I'm thirsty. And before I try this again, I want to, can you just go get me a beverage out of the fridge? There's just some cans in the bottom there. We just get one out. And when they open it up, the card's in there that they originally selected and it blows their minds every time. And I usually just to make it fun for me, I, I put the card somewhere else each time I have it appear in different locations, but it is one of those things where like, give me a favor and check your underwear. Yeah. Where now. And whoa, <laughs> that's how he showed me that trick. I was like, Whoa. Wow. Yeah. yeah. No, really reach way up in there. Get your finger up in there. You'll feel it. There it is. You feel that? Okay. So I uh, get it under the screw. That's crazy. That's so, crazy. So, and and to be clear, I only did it that way with Tracy. Like I said, I like to change it up each time. Right. Uh, no, but so that is the one that I do. And so now even my kids, like if if they have a new friend over, that before the friend comes over, it's like, can you do the trick? You ready to do the trick? Will you do the trick when they come over? And so now I, I've now I've done it so many times. Now I feel like. Siegfried and Royd after all these years, many years where there's no, there's no real fun to it anymore. You're kind of trotting out on stage like, oh, Tigers, here they are, and doing it all over again. Here I am like soft shoeing for my kids. Virgin, a virgin yeah. where he's the daughter. He's like, okay, well, you had an ear in your pocket. <laughs> yeah. You carried around yeah. an ear in your pocket all day. Yeah. So anyway, Steve, back to all the way back, back to Zach's party. Mm-hmm. So t you you were in the middle of talking about the party and the fact that you had to be the the facilitator. Well, Wendy and I did. Okay. Um, you know, Wendy Wendy loves to be a good host and so she's like she walks out and she says, 
who wants hot chocolate? I'm like, how the hell are we equipped to make hot chocolate for all these kids? And she, and they all like, Oh, I'd love it. You know? And so I'm like, now we're on the hook for some hot chocolate. Right. And we, Wendy walks in, she takes the, she opens the refrigerator and she shakes the milk. She's like, do we have any more milk? I'm like, no, no, we don't. Are you sure? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, guess, I buy the milk. guess who's running to the store. Is yeah. This trick She's where like, she tells you to look in your underwear for milk. <laughs> go, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. She says, go wow, get a gallon. Whoa. Uh, go get. So I, I ran down to get the milk. <laughs> Squat over these mugs, Steve. <laughs> when he gets the. When... <laughs> I'm about to blow your mind. <laughs> So, so I go, I get the milk and come back. Um, and we're, and we're making, I'm like, honey, you know, you don't need to, you don't need to do this. You don't need, she's like, she's like, I like doing this. And, and I realize, you know what, this is what it's about. This is what it's, and, and no, what it's about is, uh, getting the milk before you suggest hot yeah. chocolate. It's about, it's about 16 cups of hot chocolate, right? Ready to go. Yeah. So we made some hot chocolate, but the kids were good. Um, you know, they, they, they aren't, they aren't doing what we were doing at, at you know, 16, you know, yeah. when we were, you know, yeah. blowing up the town and whatever, yep. uh, it was, it, it was a pretty low key and I'm glad that they have this, you know, little event at the house. So yeah, unfortunately it was a Thursday this time. Sorry about that guys. We, we, when we were, when we were 16, do you think we were picturing kids in the future, like being worse than we were like ex exponentially, exponentially worse, but they've, they've gone like they've rebelled against us and become normal. Yeah. Th this is what I mean. Like I told the story, so I'll keep it brief, but we were at a lacrosse tournament we had some kids walking down the hall, some, some high school players. We had a pizza that we hadn't eaten. We hadn't even touched it because we bought too many. So we said to them, hey, we've got this pizza. It's It hasn't been touched. Do you guys want this pizza? And this was pre-COVID, so it didn't matter about anything. We were just like, hey, take this pizza. And they're like, sorry, we intermittent fast every day, and we're in the we're in the non-eating period. And then they just continued on by. Like, it was a very normal thing to say. And we turned and watched as they walked down the hall. And my wife was like, Are, were they serious? And I said, I, I think they were serious. I mean, I th this is... We're just in a different time now, and that's oh not. Oh my to god! Say if that be, if that had been you and I in high school, Dave, that would have been the magic trick. It'd be like, hey, we have this pizza. No, you don't. Yeah, it's gone. It's already gone. <laughs> we, yeah, we already ate it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it is. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, we're gonna keep things going. We're gonna take a quick break. We'll be right back on the Dave and Steve Show. Everybody knows you get the best deal at Larry's. If you're looking for great value and a good steak, Larry's is the place. We got new inventory coming in on Monday, so all these steak dinners have to go. I don't have room for all these steaks on the showroom floor, so we're pricing them to move, move, move. I got a T-bone here with optional potatoes and asparagus. Don't like asparagus? We got the same steak with broccoli or corn for the same price. Mention this ad and we'll undercoat it with A1 sauce for nothing. That's right, nothing. Corporate sent us a big truck full of lobster by mistake. Send it back? Hell no! Our loss is your gain. Get a butter-dipped Australian lobster tail for just $13.99. That's right, $13.99! At Larry's, you don't need to be a big spender. We have burgers and sandwiches for the economy class. No down payment, no credit? Who cares? It's just freaking dinner. We are the last food dealership in town that will take your third-party checks. 
Got other food at your house? We'll give you top dollar for your trade. Come see us right now at Larry's New and Used Steaks at the end of Auto Row in Auburn. Hot tubs are perhaps the most misunderstood household luxury item. Now to understand them properly is to understand how unnecessary and stupid they are. They stink, they're almost never clean, and they're expensive to own, yet remain as a symbol of success and happiness for many Americans, whether they get used or not. I had to actually give my real estate agent instructions on what to do when she was wanting to show me a house that had a hot tub. And my conditions were that the owners of that home had to get rid of that hot tub before I would agree to anything else. But still, people say to me, oh, you should try it. A good hot tub. You love it. You like it. It's very relaxing. Yeah, well, maybe you should try shutting up. Nothing makes me more relaxed than you shutting up about hot tubs. This has been Tracy's I really should try to relax somehow minute. <laughs> massage. You need a massage. Cause Cause it, yeah, because people have told me that. Do you guys have yeah. anything else like that, though, as far as symbols that you thought would be a good symbol of you making it, and then you realized either after acquiring it or once you saw other people with it? A, a prime example for me would be a waterbed. A waterbed was one of those things in the 80s where you're like, holy shit, that person has a waterbed. That is they. That is somebody special. And then... You, you saw enough people with waterbeds where they would burst and flood their house or, frankly, were just uncomfortable. They'd be like, yeah, I just sleep on the couch because the waterbed is too much of a pain in the ass to sleep on and I hate it. And like, and there's a reason waterbeds then slowly died out. And that, like, I, I couldn't, I do not know of a single person in this day and age who owns a waterbed. But at the time, that was something where I was like, oh, man, if I could ever own a waterbed, and then never wanted to. Can you guys think of anything well, else? My parents had a waterbed and they got one of these waveless like kind. Right. And I thought, well, why the, the heck point? would you get a waveless yeah. kind? And, and then so later on, I slept. I was at some uh, friend's house in Yakima and he had a trailer. Well, of this, course he did. Like, this he, is he, all tracking. He had a trailer yeah. and uh, he had a waterbed in it. And I slept in it and it had no heater in it. And I woke up with the biggest aches and pains I've ever had in my life, and probably, uh, and probably uh, um, some type of uh, rhinovirus or something. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, Steve, how about you? Anything come to mind? You know, um, I, I always we got uh, several fountains, and I like fountains. I, I like them. I think they're, I think they're nice. They're tranquil, yep, yep. Um, but they're heavy as hell and they are a pain. You like, you have to, they, they take a lot of, they, they take a lot of um, uh, cleaning and just maintaining and making them right. I still like it, but, but it's not, it's not everything I thought it was cracked up. And, and this is why we as humans eventually give up the race and die. Eventually we just, we just <laughs> let ourselves die because after a while in life, it's really hard to find joy anymore because you look at something like there's I, um, I follow this Facebook group. It's called Pricey Pads, and it's literally just houses from around the world, typically in the United States that are, again, pretty expensive, depending on where you are, where which region they're in. But they're these immaculate, beautiful mansions. And so you can kind of be voyeuristic and look through them because they're for sale. And I always just think the same thing now. I look at these things and I just think, imagine the money it must cost just to 
buff those floors or imagine how much work has to go into cleaning and oh my gosh they've got this crazy thing like a pool table a simple thing like yeah. a pool table oh it'd be so awesome to own a pool table and then i just think to myself man but you gotta you gotta replace those sticks and those are expensive and you gotta make sure it's leveled all the time it's you gotta true replace even the at my humble level yeah. we just yeah. got new floors and i don't know how many wives i'd have to get to get those floors mopped right. properly <laughs> Good Lord. And you got to replace the felt on the table and like all those. So uh, this is what I found now is that I, I look through these things. I can't find joy in anything anymore. I no longer go like, oh, my gosh, it would be so awesome to live there. I just think to myself, what an awful burden it would be to live in a house like that. <laughs> Whenever I see a pool table, I, I'm like, mm -mm. yeah, no. And sometimes piano. Sometimes a yep. piano. Yep. Like, I'm oh, like, no, no, no. I you better play you that freaking piano. Yeah. I disagree with you there all the time. Piano. Yeah. When I see a piano, when I see a piano in a house, like in the last couple of years, I've been looking for houses a lot. So when I see a piano in there, I'm like, Oh no, Nana died. Yeah. That's and, why the house is up for sale. Cause uh, nobody, uh, nobody under uh, 60 years old has a stupid piano. There's no reason to do it. And, and a piano is one of those things where we talked about this not too long ago on the show about technical things that break down. And when they do, you're like, well, I guess I'll just throw this away. Cause I have no clue how to fix it. I would be fine with a piano and I'd probably enjoy a piano for the first six months of the piano being in my house. And then it would go out of tune in some way, shape or form. Something would happen to it. I'd be like, I, I don't know how to tune a piano and I'm not going to pay somebody to come in and tune the piano. So now the piano is just going to sit there. It's never going to get played again. And it's just going to be an eyesore. And it's, I'm just going to stare at this thing that I can't even use anymore. So this is, this is the, this is a, a glimpse into my psyche. And this is why I now am fully embracing death as quickly as possible. And why Tracy's making things disappear with his hands again. If you know what I mean, <laughs> uh, a piano will stay in tune for quite a while. Um, and, and it, and it's fairly reasonable to have somebody come in and tune it up for you once every several years. It's not, nope, I don't care. I've set fire to it or drop it from a helicopter, <laughs> but I will That's say I'd love to see that, yeah. that the electric pianos, like there's one behind me, um, they sound pretty darn good. Like they sound like they sound really good. Like if you put them in and try and record them, they, you will not. I'm I'm honestly asking this question. Yeah. I'm not being a jackass. Is there a difference between a, as you said, digital piano and a keyboard? Yeah, it's yes. There I is, think um, but... they have weighted keys. Uh, yeah. Digital pianos have weighted keys. Weighted keys is a big deal. Um, keyboards um, imply like MIDI bringing your own sound and being able just to make a synthesizer out of it, basically, which can have a piano sound. So there's there's a Venn diagram that there's a bunch of overlap on, but. Um, but you can get a digital keyboard or piano that's pretty good, pretty playable, and sounds sounds pretty I good. Think now, early, early '80s Moody Blues and uh, late '70s Leonard Skinner. I think yeah, that's yeah. where that merge right. yeah. comes. That's the Venn diagram. Yeah, like right like the uh, the the um, Ray Charles Rhodes um, uh, portable piano is it sounds awesome too. Um, but the if you're gonna do it, if you're gonna get a piano. I, I only hear get a full grand piano, get a, if you're going to do it, go big because it's kind of like a little, a small console piano. Eh, eh. You might as well 
you know, you might as well just get that really nice, uh, key, you know, keyboard that's a lot more portable and isn't going to leave big dents in your floor. I, you I think we have found, I think we've stumbled upon a new segment where each week Steve does, Steve does five minutes on pianos. <laughs> this is better than fridge talk. <laughs> hey, uh, you know what's better than all this? Headlines. And now, straight from the Dave and Steve Show news desk in beautiful Anytown, USA Plaza, it's Tracy Green with this week's headlines. Yeah! Our first story, billionaire Richard Branson said it was an honor and a once-in-a-lifetime experience to don a drum major's uniform and march ahead of New Orleans high school band. But some of the Catholic school's fans apparently were less enthusiastic about Branson's appearance Thursday with a St. Augustine High School Marching 100, the band that integrated an exclusive Mardi Gras parade. Uh, the band and Branson paraded to a new Virgin Hotel in New Orleans as part of its opening ceremonies. Do you think he did this to directly take some of the press away from the fact that William Shatner was going into space with the Amazon dude? I hope so. Yeah. I, I, and the reason I say that is because I, anytime you can show, you know, a marching band or a bunch of musicians that are, that are working it out, any, anytime they get, get a little bit of recognition. Great. You know, I know, I know, you know, you know, Richie McRich pants is, you know, walking them to his, you know, fine hotel, but this let it showcase the showcase these kids showcase these people that are that are rocking this band yeah i disagree anyway totally. I, i've had yeah. uh, quite a few exciting experiences in my time but i've never got a chance to lead a marching band before let alone the best marching band in the world branson wrote on his blog friday what an honor uh, to uh, join the legendary saint augustine high school band for a performance through the streets of new orleans now Austin uh, Taylor, president and CEO of the school, tweeted a letter Sunday acknowledging that many people have told him that only students who have earned it should be allowed to wear the purple and gold uniform of the drum major. Others felt Sir Branson uh, adorning our drum major uniform uh, with honor across the millions of followers was, a great, was great for the school and sets us apart as a global brand. Let let him let the rich guy give those kids some money and do this one stupid thing. Okay. They, they can lead it. Let him let him write the check for the, and, and get them on TV and get them hired for other gigs. Let him, let him do that and quit complaining about, <laughs> I, I think of the movie Animal House has taught me anything that when somebody hijacks a marching band, it never turns out good. Yeah, <laughs> Steve, without <laughs> without going into too many details, because we don't need to get into all the intricacies. I wanted to ask you, as somebody who's played band and as somebody who has played in a band, there was a shitty reality series that came out 10 years ago, 12 years ago, whatever it was with Tommy Lee, <laughs> drummer for Motley Crue. And Tommy Lee went and joined a college marching band. Uh, the one that comes out and does the on the halftime, you know, walks out on the field and does all that. And he had an incredible, and it, regardless of what you think about Miley Crew, Tommy Lee is one of the more well-respected drummers in rock. Tommy Lee could not, he had such a hard time doing 
the marching band version of drumming. Like he kept tripping up. He kept getting the timing off. He kept screwing it up. And so I'm curious, is it really that different from from a band like that, a, a halftime or a, or a college band or whatever it might be, versus playing in a, a band? Yep. A lot. It's a lot different. It's, um, it's the difference. It's the guitar equivalent of playing, um, uh, playing really, uh, r- really solid rhythm guitar for a, um, for like just an R and B group yep. where you're, you're, you're just holding it down. Okay. And then you are, and, and then switching gears and, um, they hand you a banjo, which is strings. Okay. And you need to play, you know, Flint Hill special as fast as you possibly can, where you're doing all finger picking on your thing and you're, you're, you're still making chords, but that's, that's as close as I can tell you. So if, if you're comfortable doing that and then they hand you a thing, it it is a, it's a different deal. You have. Yeah. I I remember uh, the drummer for uh, MXPX played in blue thunder. Uh, which is the uh, local, basically, drum line for the Seattle Seahawks. And uh, it was uh, probably a remarkable workout. And he's a, he's a great punk rock, punk pop rock drummer, but uh, it's, uh, it, was a, it was kind of a impressive to be able to see him kind of like kind of working it out in that sort of environment. And but, it's rare for the for those two things, to, for those two people to be, for that person to be a p- good punk drummer and um and a, a very technical um drumline drummer those are two completely different deals and to be able to switch over like i'm more of a meat and potatoes groove drummer that's what i would do if you sat me down with drumline uh music it would take me a while to get through it i'm not saying i couldn't do it i'm saying it would take me a while right. to well, uh, to nail that down i'm saying you can't do it well, our second story yeah. <laughs> I was just going to say, cue the more you know, Rainbow, and continue, Tracy. Our second story, if you've seen a barrage of food packages promising to help your immune system lately, you're not alone. Every can of cheese balls now are touring, uh, touting immune system benefits. Good Crisp Company this summer launched cheddar cheese balls with an ingredient that, quote, helps strengthen the immune system and enhances or enhances, whatever, its uh, key functions, the label says. Uh, On a recent shopping trip, Colorado mom, Grace Resch, snapped up a canister, uh, attracted uh, to the idea of the immune support. It makes me feel even better purchasing, especially right now with everything that's going on. Consumers are eager to bolster their immune system, and companies are filling grocery shelves with products claiming to help. My wife is one of the people that falls for this all the time, and she knows she does. She she will freely admit this. So I'm not speaking out of class or anything here, but my wife will do the thing where she will bring home like like chocolate glazed donuts that have a thing on the outside of the package that says no trans fats or something like that. Like there's some like, but there's no trans fats, <laughs> right? And and she's like, yeah, I just saw it and it said no trans fats. So I thought it might be like a kind of a healthier version we could try. It's like, well, no, because none of them have trans fats. This is just, this is exactly what they're doing. Like, there's so many things. This is what I don't understand about packaging. Like, if you go to someplace like the UK or or anywhere else, they don't have this shit, at least not to the degree that we do. And in America, it seems like 
we have built an entire society on seeing who we can screw over and who we can trick into purchasing the thing we want to sell them. Well, we love fads. So there are fad right. diets and fad yeah. uh, sort of emphasis on uh, on uh, uh, nutrition. So Pri you see prime, th yep. things like, you know, gluten-free was a good one, fat-free, all these things that like when I remember when uh, 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 gluten-free pretzels have pretty much always been gluten-free yeah, but yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Th th but they again if they if they emphasize the thing that you might possibly be into you might be more likely to uh grab six or seven bags perfect example tracy you walk down any aisle in costco these days and it is keto this keto that keto this keto. everything says keto on the label right now and if you flip any of those packages over and look at them there's like 16 grams of carbs in one serving of this quote-unquote keto thing most people are only allowed somewhere between 20 to 30 grams of carbs on a keto diet a day. So if you want to, I guess if you want to eat one of these nut clusters and get your 16 grams of carbs, but it's not keto. And I, this is what I mean. Like, I don't understand how these things can be labeled this way. And we just kind of go like, ah, America, what are you going to do? I agree. Thank you. Yeah. Right. So anyway. All right. Uh, where are we? <laughs> Consumers are eager to bolster their immune system and companies are filling grocery sales with products claiming to help. Marketers launched 383 food and beverage products with immune health claims in the first half of this year, outpacing last year's first half count of 326, according to Anoya uh, Market Insights. So, uh, you guys pad for time for just a second because this made me think I'm going to go get my basket of vitamins and I'll explain what that is after, after I get it and bring okay. it over. But you guys, you guys pad for time for a second. Okay. So, Tracy, if you had to purchase a, uh, a really good quality drain snake, what, what brand would you naturally gravitate toward? Oh, I go for the generic. I'm not fooled by the, the brands when it comes to uh, drain snakes. So are we talking the kind that uh, work with toilets and sinks or toilets exclusively? Really mostly uh, sinks uh, and not toilets. I understand there's a difference. All right, but, shut uh, up. There, there is. And I we have a really like, crummy set of toilets in our house. I, I think I've gone on and on and ad nauseum about this. Anyway, Dave, what were you going to say? I'm back. I'm back. So let me... So I'm going to hold this up for the camera just so you guys can see this, that I'm not effing around here. This is a basket full mm -hmm. of vitamin products. And this is mm -hmm. this is how I've gotten tricked over time. Slowly. I've never heard of that, uh, that top uh, vitamin. What is that? Wang Enhancer? What is that? As I've gotten into supplements, this has slowly accumulated over time. And I'm going to run through this very quickly. So, okay. So first of all, I got ibuprofen just because I'm old and I get I get sore. I got some allergy medication, okay? I got that in there. Now, this is vitamin D3. I don't know why I take that, but they're pretty little uh, gel pills, and I, I like the way they look, so I take those. Then I got some iron supplements here because I was told, well, you're tired sometimes. Iron will help. You might have an iron deficiency, so I take Ger those. Geritol. I got some apple, cinegar, apple cider vinegar tablets yes. here. Mm -hmm. These taste awful. The moment they touch your tongue, it is the worst taste you've ever... Okay. So I got those. So I got my daily multi, uh, just a straight up daily multi, which probably covers all this other shit. But I, I, I still I can't I can't help but take these things. Mm -hmm. Then I got something mm -hmm. called ashwagandha. I'm not even sure what this does. I'm pretty sure it's supposed to be a mood enhancer. Probably does nothing. So I got that. I got uh, Steve will be proud of this one. I got my Metamucil because I got to get my fiber. So there's my Metamucil tablets that I take. Good job. I got uh, I also have fiber gummies in case I need those. 
Uh, I got another set because there's, you know, you got Claritin and then you got the other Zyrtec. I, this is my Zyrtec. Mm -hmm. uh, so I got mm -hmm. that too. Uh, I've got, oh, this is just another thing of that Ashwanda stuff. I got some vitamin C tablets that I chew on and take. Uh, I don't see any uh, Gerdatin XR there. I have, no, a, I have Omega-3 fish oils. Oh, yeah, but what's the, uh, what on the Omega-3 fish oils, what is the EPA DHA um, uh, ratio? It just says triple strength EPA and DHA. Am I supposed to look on the side to find out what? No, no, none of that. Six hundred milligrams of DHA and eight hundred milligrams of EPA. Yeah, right. Okay, so then I, so then I got that. I think I'm. I think <laughs> it's, 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 it's supposed to be a four to one EPA to DHA, but it's fine. Nobody sells that. I got two. I got two uh, things for acid reducers, so I got those. And mm -hmm. then I just have an inhaler just in case, and I've got one thing that helps with uh, asthma. So this is my vitamin basket, and I take this every single day, and I feel absolutely no different than when I started taking all this stuff. How many of those are um, not expired? Because we buy a ton of vitamins, we don't take them, they expire, and then we throw them away. Right, yeah, yeah. and I definitely keep an eye on the, I make sure I keep an eye on the labels. Yeah, I, and, I only take expired medicine. That's, uh, that's and, my And trick. I'm not kidding when I say I am so diligent about taking these that I rarely hit expiration dates on any of these. I am also, I'm also deadly serious when I say I don't feel any different, and I don't see them helping in any way, shape, or form, but I still take them every day. I think there's a there's a thing you can do where you drop that that big ass multivitamin that you yeah. showed. You should drop that into a glass of water and see how much it dissolves in like a half hour, 45 minutes. And I think if it doesn't like dissolve the entire way, you're not getting much of it. Right. Um, right. Oh, yeah. I'm sure I'm sure I'm literally passing 99 percent of that stuff. Like straight through my urine and right back into the toilet each time. I'm well, literally the, the fiber. The fiber is probably helping it. Right. Uh, yeah. Go up the uh, the I, other. Uh, I'm direction. literally pissing money away. And that fish oil isn't isn't bad. I mean, the fish oil's good for you. Um, but the thing about vitamins and these supplements is they are not regulated. They can put whatever the 100%. hell they want. In those yeah. Things. And this goes yeah. back to what I was. This is what made me think of this is the supplement market is one of the worst offenders of all this. They can literally put anything they want on these labels as long as they put this. these statements have not been approved or or whatever, vetted by the FDA. Like, as long as that's on there, it's like fair game. You can write anything you want on there. Mood enhancer. Mm -hmm. Hey, it's a mood enhancer. Do we have any proof of it? Doesn't matter. It's not, it's not approved by the FDA to treat this. So, hey, it, that's what it does. And on the other side, you have things like MSG, which everybody says that's, oh, it's really, really bad for you. It's, it's just a fancy salt. <laughs> That's yeah. all it is, yep. you know, and yeah, salt isn't good for you um, because it makes you want to, you know, eat, but, but it's all MSG is, is, is a, is a fancier salt that makes your food taste amazing. So, yep. Back to you, Walter Cronkite. Hey, our third story, a woman in Canada awoke in shock earlier this week when a rock crashed through the ceiling of her home and landed on her bed narrowly, narrowly also missing her uh, but, uh, spraying grit Another debris on her face <laughs> as her dog barked frantically. <laughs> that rock damn near hit me right in the chicken box. <laughs> I cannot believe that. So this is how unlucky I, I would love it. If, if a meteor would crash through my roof and, 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 and hit go right through my head, but no, no. It lands on the pillow next to her. <laughs> just, if that happened to me, oh. This is like having one number off on the lottery. Yeah, right. Oh, just, <laughs> just come.
Come on. This cost my one chance, and it doesn't actually just pulverize my skull. Anyway, police were called. Because that's what you do when a media shows up. guns in this situation, definitely. And uh, the culprit was initially suspected to be construction site nearby, where uh, that must have been a fist-sized projectile onto the woman's pillow. But when the construction worker said they had not said any uh, blasts, uh, that had uh, just seen an explosion in the sky. The consensus quickly became that the rock was a meteorite. Now, Ruth Hamilton uh, had been fast asleep in uh, Golden, a small town amid the Rocky Mountains in British Columbia on October 3rd. And uh, when her dog began barking and she woke with a start, I've never been so scared in my life, she said, uh, but I wasn't so uh, I wasn't sure so what to do. So I called 911 and uh, I uh, was speaking with the operator <laughs> and I flipped over my pillow and I saw a rock and slipped between two pillows and sl- <laughs> she slipped so, between two pillows. So she slept between the two pillows to sleep with a rock and then they will be uh, they will be married next. This week. this this meteor call will be on the blotter, the hometown blotter uh, next month. So look uh, a meteor. <laughs> what now? Oh. What what superpower do you think she got from that meteor landing there? Um, it's I, I'm assuming it's going to be dog related because the dog was barking and they probably the meteor brought him to get something. Yeah. She's going to be able to turn into a dog or something. Uh, I, I don't think know. she's Canadian. She's going to be have the ability to uh, apologize really well. Yeah. So anyway, I was in shock and I sat here for. for few hours shaking the odds of that happening are so small so i'm grateful to be alive so anyway, you're that happened. you're a 911 dispatcher what well how do you how do you how do you talk her through this like what is what's the we need a 911 dispatcher on the show to walk us through this but, yeah. at the, but at the same time like if i had a meteor crash through my house and all this happened I, I think I probably I think this is a case where I would call nine one one because you're just looking for somebody to provide some kind of clarity around what happened. What should I do? Is there something I should do with it? Are more falling? What is happening? Like, <laughs> well, I, your insurance company is going to require that you have called nine one one or yeah. and and filed a report to get so a case that, number. Exactly. Good yeah. lord. Yeah, that's just a bad day. And and in order to do that, you have to take all kinds of shit from podcasters that you know, yeah. that are going to give you a trouble because you had to do it so that you could get the insurance money to patch up the hole in the roof and keep the dog from barking. And Hey, Tracy, do you have one more story? Oh, I do. Okay. Can, when, when you're ready, cause I don't know if you've got any left on this. I'd like Steve to cue you in with a little bit of a drum roll on the desk since he's been holding the drumsticks since oh, our conversation yes. about drums. So sure. whenever you're, whenever you're ready, just give him the, give him the signal. Oh, there's uh, the signal. Yeah. Well, that was way oh. too quick. All right. Again, <laughs> our fourth story, a woman paraded naked around Denver International Airport, interacting with passengers and drawing the attention of police. According to a report, the woman appeared to be carrying some kind of water bottle and she wandered around completely in the nude. Now, footage from the video that was shared with the local CBS station uh, showed that uh, police officers quickly <laughs> intervened and uh, attempted to get the woman to cover up to which she is seen laughing and then skips away. Skipping, skipping away, 
is uh, I, I like I like that little bit that I, I like that that's skipping. Have either but, of you? I mean, fully. Have you ever been naked in? <laughs> you ever seen a grown man naked? Have either of you ever been fully naked in public? Fully naked. What is naked? What is well? Hold on. What is public? I mean, definitely, I have. I will accept um, that you had socks on, but that's it. Outside of that, outside of maybe socks, everything else off. You, you I, have been socks and shoes for sure. You, um, other than that, uh, no. You've was, been that naked in public. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Well, awesome. Let's hear this story. Well, I mean, it was. I. I don't. It's one of those things where, like, you describe a dream. And it doesn't make any sense. Like after you woke woken up, you're like, oh wow, I had three heads, and uh, the, the, I don't know, it's just a weird dream. Uh, no, it's just I was with a couple of friends, and we decided the best thing to do this evening was to uh, get it to, on, uh, <laughs> a, run around know, naked party. in the uh, in the uh, neighborhood. So we had done that. What and age? Then what age we are we had, talking here? What age? Uh, I think I was probably nineteen. Oh my gosh, so you were even an. Uh, an adult yeah definitely adult felony this isn't this is a county lockup territory for sure uh so uh at this point uh uh we had gotten back to a friend's house who had locked the door and then turned on all the lights in the the yard so that uh, all the neighbors could be assured of what they were seeing which you know to be honest with you in my case they they wouldn't need a telescope but uh Steve, it's, it's it's fine. So that ever happened. naked in public, Steve? Not that I recall. So th- th- there's a few things at play for me here. I think I probably would have, like, to Tracy's point, in your late teens, early twenties, when you're stupid and you can drink alcohol and you can do all those. I think I probably would have, were it not for the fact, as we've chronicled at great length on the show, I got a lot of body hair. And uh, I've I've got a uh, I've got a very I would say average manhood if you know what I mean. And those two things coupled together, that th- it's nothing I'm ashamed of manhood wise, but it's also nothing I'm looking to show off at any point. I'm not like flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers where it's down to my knees, and you can clearly tell that inside of a tube sock. And therefore, any chance he gets, it's it's like the guy. It's like the guy who works out all the time and can't wait to take his shirt off. We all know that person. Right. It is it yeah. is literally eighty degrees, and they've taken two steps forward, and it's whoa, it is hot out here. And just so they can strip the shirt off and show everybody the pecs and all those. Yeah, those- I, it would be the equivalent of for me saying, "Hey, guys, want to see my uh, two thousand four Corolla?" Right. C- correct. So so my yeah. I guess what you could say is my penis is the equivalent of a dad bod. It's not anything, it's not, it's not awful, but it's not anything I need to show off anytime soon. So I'm not taking the shirt off that sucker anytime. Then I got the back hair issue. I got the chest hair issue. I got the hair on my stomach. So I, it never even crossed my mind. I could never come close to building up the courage needed to strip down in public. Yeah. Come to think I, of I don't it, even I like to be naked in the gym exactly. locker room, yes. right? Like I'm putting my underpants on underneath my yes. towel. Yeah. Yeah, well, um, I guess there was a time I was not ashamed of my body, but I barely remember that it happened. Anyway, the woman was asking, uh, how are you doing? Where are you from? She asked bystanders who were recording her. <laughs> the video is from September 19th and occurred at 5 a.m. near gate A37, according to Denver police. Airport police re- released a report of an intoxicated female who is completely nude. You'll never guess where I hid this card. <laughs> it was hard it was very difficult to hide this card 
And that's the news, fellas. All right, we are we're over an hour, and it was a good show. And I feel like we uh, I feel like we skirted right up to that line of weird that we were hoping for, and never fully crossed it. Although I did refer to my penis as a dad bod, so we'll see how that how that washes <laughs> out next week. But yeah. uh, well. we're we're gonna wrap things up and and call it a night. Tracy, anything else from you? Uh, gonna be uh, probably venturing into the Blackfoot catalog on guitar, and uh, we'll see how that goes. I do love me some Blackfoot, Steve. Anything from you? I'll be appearing at the Tropicana in two weeks uh, for two nights, Friday and Saturday, uh, three shows. So uh, come on down, try the veal. And uh, no, no, I, got, I don't have anything else. All right, perfect. Well, then for Steve, for Tracy, for me, Dave, we'll talk to you next time right here on the Dave and Steve Show. Dave and Steve.